Hey everybody, this is RJ Thompson with the City View Podcast. Um, it's a beautiful Friday in September, uh, and I'm sitting at um, Friends Specialty right on Federal Downtown with Liz Cooper, um, whom is presently enjoying, what is that, a dark roast? Yeah, I believe it's the Guatemalan. Guatemalan. More of a medium. Okay. You know, um, they actually have a, a coffee here that... Um, I, I drank a whole bag of it at home and it was so caffeinated that I would grind my teeth the entire day. And, and I, 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 I told Mitch, I said, you win, you win. I, I met my threshold for caffeine. Um, I'll, I'll never drink it again. I, I love them dearly, but like, I can't drink that coffee cause I'll have no more teeth. Um, but, uh, at any rate, thank you for, thank you for coming down and, uh, bringing AJ along, uh, for the listeners at home. Uh, AJ is, is her wonderful son who has a huge Slimer toy from Ghostbusters. You want to say hello? No. Okay. Um, it was more of a, a subtle, cool acknowledgement um instead of a verbal hello hey all right we'll see you later um not you listeners uh phil just passed by um at any rate uh liz i know nothing about you uh tell us a little bit uh, tell us a little bit about yourself i currently live in youngstown and i am married it was seven years on monday it was our anniversary congratulations thank you how'd you celebrate we went to work Oh, great. Okay. And I taught four hours of ballet afterwards. We have one son, AJ, who's five, two dogs, a Boston Terrier named Vinny, a lab named Bailey, and I currently teach dance at Jones Dance Academy, and I have been working for a dentist for about 16 years. Okay. Cool. So, um... And you, did you grow up in Youngstown? I grew up on the outskirts. I didn't grow up directly in the city. We moved to Youngstown when my husband took a coaching position several years ago. And what's he do? He's a nurse in Youngstown. Okay. Um, so, as I understand it, and as you've said, dancing and, and dance instruction is a large part of your background. Can you tell me how you got involved in that? And, um, you know, I'm guessing you started off as a dancer. And then how did you move into dance instruction? Um, I come from a family of dancers. My grandmother, who is still with us, she is, I want to say, in her late 70s. She was a Bess Newton Brown dancer, and if there's anybody from Warren, they know that Bess Newton was the lady to go to, and my grandmother performed in Cleveland as a child on the Jean Carroll Show. Um, I have a cousin, Virginia Hartman, who is from Youngstown as well. She's former director um, of a local ballet school and currently teaching. She's a retired ballerina from the Atlanta Ballet. Um, just a rich history in the family of the performing arts. So my mom started me in it, and I danced all through high school, decided to go to college for it, and found out it's a very tough field, as it is with any of the arts. So I studied at University of Akron, I was injured while I was there, so I took up another major and started to teach from there, knowing that I wouldn't be able to perform professionally. Sports injuries always take the good ones out too early. What happened? Um, I had two 
pretty major ankle injuries, but we moved on from there and I studied some sports medicine, athletic training while I was going through rehabilitation and just found that I really enjoyed it and kind of went from there. Are ankle and foot injuries common with, with dancing? Yes. Yeah. They're, um, prob- I would say one of the most common from lack of proper training when students are young, which I had good training, but I wouldn't say exceptional. Now with the way things are today with the internet and social media, you know, we can study so much about science and kinesiology and teachers are much more informed on injuries and injury prevention, whereas 20, 30 years ago we weren't. So. And uh, what, what kind of dancing do you do specifically? Asks the guy who flare, flails his arms about. Do you do the Carlton? Uh, uh, I, I can't. I'm a fan, but I, I, I can't do the Carlton. <laughs> I teach predominantly ballet technique and flexibility at Jones Academy in Ridge. But I, um, I'm educated in all genres, tap, jazz, contemporary, modern. I started teaching there about five years ago, and I taught in another studio prior to that. And I do a lot of freelance workshops. How many students do you have in like a given, I don't know, is it chorus? Do you have different levels of students or how does that break down? We have gone from, I've been with Kim Jones who owns the studio for five years now. And we started with pretty much two levels of ballet and we have grown to five, which includes um, point technique, which is not uncommon to have in a studio. But I have, on the average, I would say anywhere from like 10 to 12 children per class. And like I said, there's about five levels, which is a good variety. That's a lot of kids at a lot of varying skill levels, too. Um, what, are some of the, what are some of the perks, of, or not even the perks, but some of the, the, some of the takeaways that you get as a uh, dance teacher? Like some of the, you know, like I can go home at the end of the day and say like, I made a difference in this person's life or what are some of those positive takeaways that you get? I had a moment in a class on Wednesday with a student and there's different quirks about every student that I've had over the past, I'd say 15 years of hardcore teaching that if I saw them out in public, I would remember that's the child that has the right big toe that never wants to point or that's the kid that never ate dinner before she came to class so she was never focused but I have always been able to maintain a good relationship with my students I feel that it's important to have a good rapport with them all children learn differently some learn visually some learn physically they have to do something some can hear a tap combination that our tap teacher Colleen will do and they can do it. So I think on that level, I like to say that I've built a lot of relationships with families and kids over the years, and that makes a big difference. I think, you know, if, if it were me, uh, and be very glad that it's not because I'm a terrible dancer, that does not mean that I don't have fun dancing, uh, which means if, if I have anyone that is going to invite me to their wedding, you've been warned. <laughs> Um, I think, I I think one thing that I get as a takeaway consistently is, you know, that positive self-esteem and, you know, for the age group that you teach, 
I, I can see that as being like one of the primary dominant things you need to reinforce. How do you, how do you maintain and increase uh, a dancer's self-esteem? Because I can, it's a performance-based, you know, art. And I could see some kids getting really down on themselves for not being able to do something or do something well. There's a big difference between constructive criticism and just being mean to kids to get them to do what you want them to do and knowing their capabilities and their levels and that they're all unique in their own sense. Not every child is going to go and be a professional dancer. In this day and age with the TV shows that we see, it's hard to explain that to parents and kids, but when you put it in different terms of, for example, when I went to Akron, my freshman year, first day of class, our ballet teacher, the one that we had, sat us down and said, 1% of you will make it in the professional world performing. One out of 100. And he says, look around. And he said, you will not see half of this class next semester. And That's cutthroat. And honestly, dance is, you know, if you're going to take it serious, you're going to take any profession serious. I mean, that's kind of how you want it to be. I teach with a faculty that prepares kids to go into the dance world. One of our alumni just choreographed for Macklemore's latest video. She's become very successful, but through hard work. And, you know, just from the age of 13, she was going out to L.A., going to New York and studying and putting her time in. And she had a very strong support group. And that's one thing I can say is all of our students have a fantastic family you know, between the studio and between their own personal families, they're very, very supportive. But it is, you know, hard when the kids get into high school, they want to play sports, they want to do this, they struggle with, you know, academics, and they have to, you know, draw the line somewhere. But teaching kids is, I mean, it's definitely something that I don't see myself ending anytime soon. I love being with them. And just passing on what I didn't get as a student and giving to them, learning from my mistakes so they don't make them or they can make their own mistakes and then come back and say, oh, you, you told me not to do that, but I did it. So it makes me feel good. Well, you know, it, and that brings up a good, a, a good point in the, the, the creativity of it and the, and the self-expression. Um, I can see the, uh, dance as being particularly empowering on both fronts. Um, do you have students that uh, really engage creatively with dance in so far as they deviate from instruction and come up with their own things and are creative and expressionistic. Can you talk a little bit about that? We are extremely blessed to have very diverse students. They're not strictly ballet students. They're not strictly tap students. They, um, they're, our senior girls are fantastic role models for our younger levels we do a lot of stuff outside the studio, philanthropy, community service that encourage the kids to work together, you know, as a group. They don't just go to dance competitions and win trophies. And so they get a lot more out of going to a dance school that's going to benefit them later in life. They, um, they do a lot of stuff on their own. They help out with cheerleading teams. They help out with dance teams in school. We have um, a lot of girls that compete with other like music things in school like band concert orchestra stuff like that 
but they definitely are the type that if I said, I'm running late, I need you to cover this class for me. I have five and six-year-olds in tutus. <laughs> They're climbing the walls, I'm sure. Can you please cover this class for me? They're responsible and talented enough to where they know what to do. And I'm sure they appreciate giving back as well. They do. They're very, very grateful kids. They're, I mean, even if I give them a killer ballet class and I know they're probably not going to be able to walk steps you know, the next day, they text me and if they know that maybe they might not have performed to their best in class, they'll thank me for class. It's one of those old traditions of 500 years of ballet where students are told to thank a teacher after a class. They line up, they walk out, they thank you. And I have that. And to me, that's something that they're going to take beyond the classroom. They're going to, I mean, they're all taught that at home. I'm lucky for that. But the discipline that they're learning that's going to take them further in life is, I mean, that means a lot to me. There's a sense of pride and value in, in acknowledging a, a, that kind of tradition. I mean, I sure as I sure as hell don't have my students thanking me after every class. In fact, some of them don't want to. But, um, you know, I, I think that speaks to the, the strong character that it takes to be uh, a ballet dancer. Or from my interpretation of that, um, frankly, to me, it looks very painful. Um, but at the same time, very expressive and, and, and graceful and beautiful in that, in that sense. Um, so you are training the, the students to be professional dancers eventually. 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 Um, some of the, so, and you've been doing this a while, so some of the students that, you know, what if some of them go on to do if they don't, like, you know, go on to a, dance as a profession? You know, do they still, do they still come back to it? Do they maybe teach like you are or... Um, you know, even some of the, the more disciplined things you talked about, like the philanthropy aspect, how does that influence their their future and their career path? Because what I'm getting a sense of is there's very much a philosophy behind the art. And I think I'm really interested in seeing how that philosophy kind of, you know, moves outward into other areas than just dance. I have always said that dancers are hardwired for creativity and not only in the classroom, not only on the stage, but in other aspects of life. And we have former students that have graduated, like I said, that are choreographing for musicians, ones that are dancing, whether it's in L.A., New York, taking class it's one of those things where you never quite know where you're going to go unless you study at a, you know, a hardcore ballet school and you know that you're going to, all through high school, you're going to go away every summer. You're going to study. You're going to get into these you know, companies as an apprentice. We don't have that at this particular studio. It's more of a, I don't want to say well-rounded arts, but there are students that have gone on to do music careers there are students that are, we have one that's going to be pre-med basically is what she's already stated. She um, is a National Honor Society member. She's actively involved in the community. We, um, I mean, we preach academics first with the kids because we know that's truly where the importance lies. And like I said, it's 1%, 1% of these kids. I mean, if I'm blessed to have one student that makes it as an actual professional dancer 
you know, I'll consider my job done. So. Well, hopefully, um, you know, you can consider uh, doing a having a job well done, you know, beyond just having, you know, that one professional, you know, uh, my my baby loves to dance (laughs) and uh, dancing with me specifically. And uh, eventually someday when she's older, it will be very embarrassing. Um, But um, you know that's neither here nor there. Uh, I'll come. I'll come to you when she's ready for, for for training. But um, I'm glad to hear that. You know, contrary to you know what some may believe about like dance schools being like very very rigorous. You know that you're allowing that creativity and that expressiveness to come through and really let students channel that um, in whatever endeavor they uh, pursue. You okay, AJ? You gotta be careful there. That was a dance move. Yeah, it was that was good recovery? Is that a is that a proper recover uh, proper vocabulary word recovery there? Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wanted to ask you um, about the photography that you do. Yes. Because all right, so for for the folks at home, and when uh, I post this. Uh, when I post this podcast, I'll, I'll put up a few photos of some of Liz's work. One of the things that is really interesting is you have a shot of, I think it's three or four dancers in front of an uh, industrial building. Can you talk about that? I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That would be one of the photos that I submitted for the City of You cityscape, yes. I believe. Yes. And that was chosen. I was very honored and the girls were just ecstatic and they couldn't even believe that it happened. And there are, I believe, five girls in that piece. And it was a senior hip hop piece that the girls performed throughout this past year to a montage of songs. I don't teach the hip hop program. Like you said, you can't dance. I don't do hip hop. Okay. I Stick to what you're good at. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a great fan. Let's just put it that way. I, I love to watch them perform. Um, we have, I like to say that we have some of the hardest working kids in this business. The dedication that they put into the studio and, you know, the rest of their lives as well. But also participating in photos and helping me out with, you know, my vision that I want to do. But... It's a popular spot for people to take photographs. I Where is that? The Steam Heat Plant down on North Street, I believe, down by the old bus station. Okay. And just the colors and knowing what the girls were, you know, wearing when they performed, I thought, boy, that would make a really cool performance company photo for the program that Kim puts out for the studio. So when Kim asked me to do all of the photographs for the performance company this year, I showed her that site, and she's like, that's perfect. Well, ironically, the name of the piece is Burning Up. So it just kind of fit. The girls thought that was the coolest thing, and we were lucky enough to have steam that day, and it just it turned out to be one of my favorite photos. It, well, it's a, it's a really great photo in that you're juxtaposing this, this elegant this ele- this thought of elegance and beauty and movement um, with this 
you know, very hard industrial uh, structured um, backdrop. And having the steam there as well adds so much character. But the, the colors are, are muted. You have a muted color palette. And that gives the, the photo, I think, a lot of depth. Um, one of the things that, I, that has been 100% consistent from all the conversations that I've had, either on the podcast or even just on the street, um, it's work hard. Hard work equals Youngstown. And I, I love the fact that you're able to communicate that through these photos. Uh, and there's no text or anything. It's just, it's palpable. You can see it. That's, you get it immediately. It's an instant type of thing. Is that a happy accident or was that, uh, was that conscious decision on your part? Oh, I honestly, when I take photographs, if I take a hundred photographs and I have one or two as I'm scrolling through them and I, and I keep going back to those two, that's, that's what pulls me in. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's the image I want to see. And as much planning as I do, as much, you know, lists that I make and all the things that I do to prepare for a shoot, it's those moments where the girls all happen to be looking over that right shoulder. I don't know what they were looking at. They were all actually being serious for once, you know, because they were, you know, a little silly down there. But it just naturally, naturally, yeah. they're 15, 16 year old girls. It just it clicked. And I looked at the girls and I said, this is this is what we want to portray, you know, for this. But taking the contrast, like you said, of the dancers with the urban background, with the industrial sites is just something that I don't know if it just happened or I just have always thought, you know, what a great way to blend, you know, the two things. Well, it's a dramatic photo, too. Um, and one of the other reasons why I like it, aside from what I've stated, is that where it, it basically comes down to, to being innovative, where everyone's zigging, you're zagging, you know? Uh, and it, folks, when you see the photo, you, you'll know what I mean. But, like, you don't typically equate or, or think about, you know, uh, ballet dancers in this particular environment. Uh, it's just kind of cool, you know. Uh, I've never seen a photo like that. So naturally, of course, it was selected for for the the campaign and, and cityscape. Um, let me ask you on a on a more broad level: What does dance, or what should dance mean to Youngstown? I think there's a a loud cry for the arts in this area. Here, here. Yeah, absolutely. The um, it's unfortunate finding funding, finding people that are all on the same page about it. People are always very, you know, aggressive to say, yes, let's do that, let's do that. But when it comes down to it, the money's not there or the participants aren't there. We do have a plethora of talented, talented artists and not just dancers. I'm talking, you know, musicians. We have the symphony. We have, you know, the butler. We have the so Across the board. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's really positive to think of what we could have if there's you know younger people coming in that are you know encouraged to create this and help it um you know like you said across the board we've got you got it we you name it we got it in terms of art and art talent and um 
where there may not be the money for the arts, be it on the school level or just even in general, that willingness to create out even regardless of we, you know, essentially we need to create and we do that here. Uh, I think the arts community creates for the sake of creating. Uh, most of us, if you're an artist, you have to do it because if you don't, you'll go crazy. Uh, you know, self-expression is, is very much our uh, catharsis. Um, but um, you have a question. Yeah, what's up? Oh, he doesn't <laughs> want to ask. <laughs> I put him on the spot. He's behind the scenes. Yeah, he is behind the scenes. Um, but uh, we, we create without having that budget, without having that money. And even if, you know, we had nothing, but we had an opportunity, we would uh, we'd make something. We got to play the baby video. What's the baby video? Um, you disabled my phone, so you have to wait. Uh-oh. <laughs> What's the baby video? He likes to watch face swap videos. Have you ever seen the face swap? I have not. Where you swap faces with someone. It's an album. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what that is. Well, there's one of a dad that swaps. You should do this with your daughter. It's actually pretty funny. <laughs> okay. But the guy's very creative, very creepy, but it gets a good laugh out of AJ, and that makes us laugh, and <laughs> it just kind of snowballs from there. Okay. I undisabled my phone. <laughs> do you two ever do face swap? We do. AJ was uh, face swapping with Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, but we won't get political. Oh, okay. Because we don't discuss politics, religion, or the Great Pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually just read that book to Amelia the other day. Yeah, the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I think that's the title of it. I don't know. It's the one with the pumpkin. You guys will get it. She lost interest halfway through, by the way. It, it wasn't Minnie or Mickey or Daniel Tiger. So, um, okay, AJ's got his video. Um, well, we're kind of, uh, you know, we're either going to get kicked out or um, they're going to throw, throw us out or we have to end early, but um, kind of rounding the bases. Um, What's the future of of your studio and where do you go next? What do you want to do? Like, is there any kind of, you can always be doing the teaching, but like, is there like one big kind of thing that you want to do here in Youngstown with dance or just in general? Maybe it's your photography. I would honestly like to take the photography, photography to another level. Um, I have had several professional dancers from Michigan contact me to do some shoots I would like to see um, some other people maybe branch out into the photography, into the arts. And, you know, the street photography is always a neat thing to see with incorporating dancers into it. There's several, you know, people that I've studied their work that I don't want to copy it. You know, you always want to be different is better than being better is what I like to say. That's a quote of somebody else. I'm not going to take credit for that. <laughs> but, um, but I definitely want to, you know, take this photography and use it for the better of the city and whatever I can do to, you know, get the word out there about what we need to do, you know, in this community, in the city, you know, I'm willing to do. Because it's been done in Pittsburgh. It's been done in Cleveland. 
you know, there are the naysayers that say, oh, you can say this, you can say that. But I, I really think that in the next few years, big things could happen. Um, it, uh, fits in the tantrums. You're familiar? <laughs> yeah. Um, one of their, uh, their, their first, like, breakout single, um, the video for that is awesome. Yes. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Um, and one of the, I was thinking about on the way down, I walked down from campus to, to friends, and I was thinking about the, the use of, of color and movement. And as a photographer, you're working with essentially still objects. I would actually like to see you work with animation, you know, work with motion in the sense that, like, what you inherently do is movement. Um, and it'd be so cool to see you take, uh, a few still frames that you could kind of move, um, sequentially. Um, it's kind of like in the Butler, they have, um, it's, uh, the, the name eludes me at the moment, but it's an animated piece. It, you have to spin it. And it, it's basically a series of still images that once you spin it, it creates the animation. Okay. You could do something similar. Or even, cool or even like using uh, the spaces down here downtown. Like we're in Friends and we're opposite the windows. It'd be cool to see like as you move up the street, you see images of dancers move from one position to another. Yeah. So they create a little mini ballet in the windows. I could go on and on. I would honestly love to see, and I've talked with um, um, Derek McDowell from Youngstown Flea. Him and I have talked. I would love to see street dancers. I would love to see just people that you don't realize what they're going to do start tapping on a street corner. I would love to see, like you said, people in windows. I just, there's so much that could be done with the dance and with the photography. Well, on that note, how can our listeners uh, learn more about you, what you do, and how they can get involved? I am currently designing a website, so that's not up yet. (laughs) But I am on Facebook. You can find me with Liz Cooper. And I am also on Instagram. And what about the dance studio? The dance studio is located in Mineral Ridge. It's Jones Dance Academy. Um, their phone number is 330-544-JDA1. Cool. Well, thanks, Liz. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll check in, with, check in with you at a later time and, and see how everything's going. You want to say goodbye? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, <laughs> everybody.